Hello everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of Beautiful and Bothered with me, your host, Johnny Ross. I have such a special guest for you today, the one and only Robert Welsh. We have so much in common and when I DM'd him to be on the podcast, I was so delighted that he said yes because I know just from watching his videos, we have so many views on why the beauty community, the beauty space, makeup, everything is kind of in shambles at the moment. He is so sweet, intelligent, and kind, and we had such an amazing conversation that we are gonna dive right on in to today's special guest. Welcome back, everybody. So my guest today is a staple of everything makeup and beauty on YouTube with almost 1 million subscribers, just underneath a million. He's gonna hit it any day now. I am so excited. And the co-host of the Double Cleanse podcast with his twin brother and skincare aficionado, James Welsh. He is a professional makeup artist whose expertise and honesty make him an integral pillar of the beauty space Something we need now more than ever. Welcome to Beautiful and Bothered, the one and only Robert Welsh. How Thank are you? you? I'm great. That was a great, all your introductions are always so complimentary. That was so nice. Thank you. Of course, of course. <laughs> I, uh, this is our second try because I think people should know we um, couldn't figure out the time zones. Listen, Mo So numbers. don't rely on us for help with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This did take us two tries, but we got there. Yeah. I obviously wanted to have you on, not only because of your like career and how well you've done and hard you have worked over the past couple of years uh, with your career. But on top of that, I would love to dive in deeper with you because I think you're one of the only people in the beauty space that is having or wants to have the conversations I want to have. And I've I had agree, a couple yeah. other people on that I can tell right away, like the minute I broach it, they're kind of like, they get very diplomatic because they yeah. don't want to touch on it and they don't want to say because either they're doing it themselves or they're maybe they feel a little bit more kind of entwined with the system that they don't right. want to aggravate and and we'll get right. into that and maybe why that is the case yes, starting at yeah. the beginning i would love to know so where did you grow up so i grew up i'm obviously English. Um, so I grew up in the south of England, um, in Surrey. Um, I lived in Texas for a while as well for a good few years oh, wow. and then back to England as well. Um, and that's it. Just grew up in very normal, I consider normal family, no drama, no stories, nothing like that. Just a very, um, yeah. I've been very, had a very blessed upbringing with my family. I just had great parents and great brothers and yeah. life's just been super, um, wonderful for me. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> Growing up up, you know? So yeah, yeah no complaints. I, I've been very, very lucky. Oh, yeah. that's incredible. So I have to admit, I am humiliated to say that obviously seeing you and your brother on YouTube for years and years and years, it took me way too long to discover that you were two different people. Yeah, you know, you'll be you'll be surprised. I, I still get people sending me skincare things like James, look at this. But you just messaged an account that says Robert. Like, why are you calling me James? You know? Yes. <laughs> but it's an easy mistake. And I, I you know, I actually owe half of that to what I consider my success on YouTube and my start on YouTube yeah. is that confusion, you yes. know? Because because people knew James and they didn't know me. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I, I, I'm thankful for it. Yeah. So it's never a bad thing. <laughs> it's the same side of my brain that doesn't understand time zones. So that right. is maybe why, you know, it is. I'm with you. I'm with you there, yeah. 100%. Um, so I bring that up because I think it's so interesting that you and your brother are both so interested in this space. So yes. what was your relationship 
relationship with getting into beauty in conjunction with his and mm. maybe did it happen together or one before the other? Yeah, I, I, it always has. We're very much, the way we grew up, our, our mum would always teach us a skincare routine, how like important it was for our skin. We both went through having acne at, when we were younger mm. and it wasn't as bad as some people can get where it, it wasn't damaging to us. It wasn't painful. It wasn't that kind of acne that can really be life-changing. Mm. It was kind of that, I call it basic teenager acne where everyone gets it. We had curtains, so we had gel on our forehead every day, you know, drying to our head. So we were going to get something. Yeah. But our, our mum really taught us how important it was to look after our skin. And there's always been that background to it as well. And I think as we got older and our friends started to go into creative um, industries like photography, hairstyling, all this stuff, we all of our friends are very creative people. And I think growing up with those people and, and thinking about what we both like, we were always into fashion, the fashion industry. At the time, we loved America's Next Top Model, despite yeah. how problematic it is now. We didn't know back then, you know? <laughs> but know. we loved those kind of shows. Mm-hmm. And I think from seeing that, we were like, that's the kind of industry we want to work in, the fast pace, you know, fashion industry where everyone's really creative and everyone has, you know, input in, in, you know, creating something incredible. So I think when it came to deciding what we wanted to do, we just completely ignored school and just, <laughs> you know, went into something else. James, my brother, he he studied editorial photography and advertising in mm. university, but I didn't go to university. I just went straight into makeup from there. Um, nice. Yeah, we've always Good for just you. had Save that money. The, the <laughs> want to work in that industry. Yeah, I know. Oh my God, I imagine. <laughs> I know. I can't. I don't know how much it was. <laughs> I can, unfortunately, and I wish I never did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, did you end up going to cosmetology school or just go right into the makeup of it all? I did a very, very, I can't even tell you how basic this makeup course was to the point where the brushes you were given, you know, those paint sets you get in just like yes. any shop, and it comes with those, that little brush and the end is just some the the brushes were almost like that like almost unusable but at the time I was like this is makeup brushes yeah so from there I went on just to work on a beauty counter I worked for Mac for years since I was 17 nice um and that that's what I owe all my knowledge of makeup to yeah that experience in London in that one place learning from all the other artists that I worked with that's yeah that's what I consider where my experience comes from did you go straight from Mac to YouTube no so I I was with with Mac for years and years and years, I did all their uh, like events team stuff. So I would do the fashion weeks and, and you know, go out and do people's makeup. And that was, uh, in my mind, that was kind of my career. But also in London, it's a very expensive place to live. So I was freelancing alongside that as well. So I'll be doing weddings. I had my Friday evening clients where I'll just go and do their makeup because they were going out, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I moved country two, three times. <laughs> Again, before doing YouTube, I lived in Florida for a while. I lived in Australia. I lived in Melbourne. Wow. Um, I worked for a different, a different brand in Australia. And I, I was kind of having my, I don't like makeup. Now I like it again. Mm-hmm. Now I want to do something else. Now I like makeup again. Because it's very competitive trying to be, you know, a makeup artist in this capital city where even before YouTube, there are loads of other makeup artists. And it was back then very much based on who you knew. Mm-hmm. And I was very lucky. I knew a lot of people and got some incredible work. I don't know. There was something about it where you're kind of just like, everyone's horrible and it's kind of fake. And yes. you kind of get a little bit bored of it. So mm-hmm. I moved to Florida again. <laughs> <laughs> And then when I moved back, I just started to get into YouTube. I think I saw, I was posting the occasional video, but I, I remember doing a client's makeup and they asked me the most ridiculous question. And they said to me, are you going to contour my nose with a fork? 
And I was like, no, why would I do that? Where have you seen that? And they were like, YouTube. And I was like, that's ridiculous. I was like, do you know how ridiculous that is? I was standing with my brush belt on. Mm-hmm. I was like, do you think I have a fork in this brush belt? And I, I you know, I'm very to the point. And even with, with my clients, that's the makeup industry. Everyone, no one's nice to you. No mm-hmm. one's gonna be like, oh, you made a mistake. You know, they're very rude to yeah. you if you mess up there, you know? Yep. I said, and that's the way I taught and that's the way I was educated. I was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, I was like having a meltdown in my brain. Yeah. Like, why would I do it with a fork? Yeah. You know, like almost offended by it. Yeah. And as, as clients were saying these things, to me and I realized all this information was coming from YouTube that's when I decided I was like you know what let me go on YouTube mm. and because my brother was doing it anyway I was like let me do my own thing and, and do makeup my way and yeah. see if anyone is interested in that you know yeah. and then it took me five years <laughs> I give a lot of credit to you in the age you came up on YouTube because I think it was much harder to gain a following back then a lot of people I've talked to who I've wanted to ask this I don't think had the experience maybe or, or the situation to speak to it but when you started on YouTube, really what was the content that you found people were most hungry for? The kinds of videos, the style, Mm. the education, Mm -hmm. the entire culture in a way. That's it, education. Mm -hmm. That that was it. I think it always comes to a period of time in social media and especially in beauty. And I actually think we're in another period, it's repeating itself, where people get fed up of misinformation Mm -hmm. and they want the good information. Mm -hmm. So many people are more educated than I think a lot of influencers and a lot of brands and a lot of social media people give them credit for. Mm -hmm. You know, they they know a lot more about makeup than they used to. I remember the days when people didn't know what contour was. And when they said contour, I was like, what do you know about contour? Why are you saying contour? You know, yeah. you know, people know far more than they used to back then. Yeah. When I started, my my one video that went absolutely crazy that actually kickstarted my career was mm-hmm. my reaction videos. Yes. So I reacted to Bella Fawn's makeup routine because everyone was going crazy about her skincare mm-hmm. routine. Because wasn't she rubbing salt and lemon on her face or something? Probably. Like this? So I yeah. did a reaction. Yeah, it was it was a mess, and I think it was people were doing um, posts about it and making like like journalists were writing about it. I thought, well, let me react to the makeup then. And then at that time, I think people thought I was my brother. So they were like, oh, they were subscribing to me. And yeah. like, oh, I didn't realize James had something. And that really kicked off my career. But it was the education in that video. And granted, I did it quite um, aggressively at the time. Because yeah. <laughs> I was very, very angry with education, mm-hmm. very angry with misinformation. And I think it was people wanted that education. It was like, we know we're being lied to. Yeah. We know we can't do certain things we see online anymore. So those reaction videos were a kind of, I think, confirmation for people that just because their makeup doesn't look like it does in real life as it does online doesn't mean they've done something wrong it just means that it also doesn't look like it does online yes and I think especially more so now with TikTok and just the way that works as well we're going through that period again of people realizing younger people now that actually it's social media is also just as dodgy as you know like print media used to be back in our time yes yes I think uh, for me I find social media and how you're on it broken down into Mm. categories of you have the entertainer the educator the the you know linked with the artist and on top of you being Mm. an educator Mm. I think why the reaction videos do so well is there's another category to me, which I like to refer to as the narrator. They like to be able to watch someone reflect their opinion that they can't say. As they're bombarded yes. with these videos all day, they want to <laughs> they want to yeah. scream at the phone and say, this is ridiculous. But yeah, yeah. so they find you right. that's actually saying what yeah. they're feeling. My trepidation at first was when I did do it, I, I, maybe I didn't have the decorum or the professionalism yet to... Um, 
infuse a little bit of softness in it. So it was, you know, it's, yeah. it's difficult. Yes. Though. It's difficult because with, with your experience, it, it's very much like you want to say a certain thing. But what, what I've realized from how I do them now versus how I used to do them is a lot of people do like, you know, the negative side of reaction videos. They mm-hmm. like you being saying, you know, this is wrong, this is wrong. But then there's also people that don't appreciate anger. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So I think it, it's nice to have that kind of level now where it's like, okay, I need to, it's my profession and some people can't understand, Yeah, you know, why you get so worked up about makeup and, and things like that and, and beauty. Yes. And they're like, it's just makeup. And it's like, listen, it's been my career, my life since I was 17. I'm now 34. Yes. You can't like, it's just makeup me. You yes. Know? <laughs> yes. Well, that is such an important distinction. And I think you put it so perfectly is so many people react to misinformation from someone that has never done makeup on another person, but likes doing it on themselves. And mm. when they are spreading misinformation mm. from one person with a hobby to another person with a hobby, they go, well, who cares? It's just a hobby. But then you have people like us right. that exactly mm-hmm. we needed to deal with for the past yeah. decade, doing makeovers on people that had never exfoliated or moisturized a day in their life, telling us that they wanted to look like right. Kim Kardashian. Right. We had 45 minutes to do it. Someone was screaming in our ear to close the sale, hurry up. We had someone else. <laughs> and now I need to spend 15 minutes explaining to you why I can't put full coverage foundation right. on you because exactly. I have to undo all right. that misinformation. It's more precious to us because it's our career. It's our, it's been our livelihood and our interests. Yeah. One of my favorite phrases when I was doing people's makeup and I was investigating what they want, one of my favorite phrases was, I just want it natural like Kim Kardashian. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, natural. <laughs> it looks natural because her artist has made her skin look incredible. It's done all this, yes. but it's not natural. And then, and, you know, explaining that kind of stuff, it's a very, it was a very weird situation going from being, a, you know, a knowledgeable makeup artist mm-hmm. to having people being introduced to further knowledge and people getting really into it and it becoming, like you said, a hobby for some people, then having to explain actually it doesn't quite work like this you know yeah. it doesn't quite it's like if you're watching house flippers on the tv and you decide to do it yourself and it's like i'm just going to cover the wall in wood what's that wood they cover every wall then you yes. know but not yes. not looking into it properly and just doing it like you see on tv mm-hmm. it's i mean the structure of your house isn't you know it's probably more important than makeup yeah but it's it's very much like oh I, I how do i explain this you know changing people's mind but not trying to prove them wrong but not yes. trying to prove them right you know it's a very yeah yeah well when there's black mold behind the sheetrock and you just slap shiplap on top of it we're gonna have problems down the road and i always say that and i always say that to people when you know especially as a bridal makeup artist i i mean god bless the mothers were always the biggest problem for me particularly because they'd be standing this close to me almost wanting to like grab Mm. my hands and do their daughter's makeup are you gonna put mascara on yeah yeah Yeah, (laughs) yes i'm not gonna leave her with a bald lash like yeah, and, no, I'm just <laughs> like, yeah. And I would have to say to people all the time, like, if your contractor's telling you he can't put shiplap up because there's mold behind the wall, would you have the audacity to say to him, well, TikTok told me that I can bop up? You would never. You would never tell your plumber yeah. how to fix your toilet. Never. You would never. You would never. No. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's it, And it's bro- yeah. broken my heart. I'm sure you can relate because I, I know so many professional makeup artists that didn't transition maybe into the social media world that have had their entire mm-hmm. credibility and and career and accomplishments so diminished over the past couple of years because the people that are putting their contour on with a fork that have 14 million followers are getting more respect. And I think that's where the 
the frustration Isn't lies. That crazy? Yeah, totally. In my mind, there's many different areas to the, the makeup industry. And, you know, being an influencer is one of them. Being, you mm-hmm. know, a bridal makeup artist is one of them. Being an editorial artist is another thing. And I think people, they don't separate those anymore. Yeah. And I know artists who are incredible, far better than me, don't have as many followers as me on social media. But they find it hard to get work because they don't have mm. that many followers. Yeah. But they, you know, they have their portfolio, which is a physical book, or it's on their iPad. Yeah. And they can't get work because they don't have followers. I know. But it's like, yeah, but you know, there's people with millions of, of followers that can't recreate that on other people. And I, I find it really disappointing that the professional makeup industry has gone to that follower count. It yes. doesn't make sense to me. And it ne- it was never like that before. No. You know, and it, it, it's sad. It is sad. Yeah. It's like the run, ruining of an industry, you know? Your videos recently I love because we, we've we obviously been in a little bit of a resurgence of beauty drama, etc. And because yeah. a lot of maybe professional makeup artists get a lot of flack when they try to counter the misinformation because there's always the dialogue of like, there's no rules with makeup. Like you can do whatever you want. The uh, Meredith Jones Road slapping on the bomb foundation of it all. And they get a lot of heat and you put it so beautifully where you said, yes, but you have to understand the theory and respect the theory first to then be able to break the rules. If you're not learning the rules, you're just, you're trying to paint your wall with Fatula and then getting mad at Benjamin Moore. You you have to understand the theory (laughs) before that happens. And so what goes in when you make these videos, I think what is your kind of internal dialogue with the frustration of the TikTok sensationalism, the clickbaitiness of it? What's your internal dialogue Mm. when you're maybe constructing these videos and speaking on it? When, When I first started doing YouTube, I, came in as a makeup artist and I was like, had so much respect for the makeup artistry career, which I still do. Uh-huh. And very little for the influencer career, if I'm totally honest. I I was like, all these people don't know what they're doing, yeah. which isn't true. And then as, as I've become an influencer full time and content creator full time, my God, it's difficult. It's not mm-hmm. like th- I would, I wouldn't change it for the world, but it's, it's harder than I thought it would be. And I have a lot more respect for the people within that community, mm-hmm. including the people that consume that content. Yeah. As somebody who used to sell makeup, as somebody who respects makeup in general, I think about people's money. I think about people's results. I think about people sitting at home trying to do something and not getting the same results. My audience are, I think, 25 plus. Mm -hmm. And I get messages from people in their late 30s or 40s saying, you know, I tried this and it doesn't work for me. Why doesn't it work for me? I'm like, because you're not 12. And also because it doesn't work for the person in that video also. So when people are doing things, for example, the the Jones Road thing, Mm -hmm. that isn't giving the correct information. Yes, it's entertaining. Yes, it's visually like funny and it will get people talking. But you're not doing it correctly. Yeah. And, I, and I know people will be like, but they can do it however I want. Of course they can. I can eat however I want. I can eat from my ears if I yeah. want to, but I'm not doing it right. And yes. I'm not giving the right recommendations, you know? If you're going to review something, review it from, the, do it the correct way, the way it's meant to be used. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm not trying on clothes and human clothes and putting them on my dog and saying, it doesn't fit. Like exactly. if you're going to make people spend their money yes. or not give the correct information, money is a, People don't have money, and some people do, obviously, that's the world, but we're in this time where people are spending so much money on makeup, some people can't afford to, but why shouldn't they have nice things? So they're going to look at your content and maybe buy something that you said was incredible or or something like that. Yeah. 
that you've used in some crazy way because TikTok smooths it out beautifully. Yeah. Get it home and it's crap. I don't know about in the US, but in the UK, a lot of people do allow returns of products, but a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't at the same time. Yeah. So once you've bought it, you've bought it and that's it. Yeah. So when I'm reviewing things and when I'm looking at reaction videos, I'm trying to give information, not from a point of like, this person's wrong, don't watch them, but I'm like from another point of view... As somebody who's used products on like various different people, yes. skin types, tones, textures, this is how I see it working yeah. in comparison to this. Selling and sales can be a really unfair place to yes. the people who are buying yes. and consuming. And I just I just want people to know they can trust us yes. sometimes, you know? <laughs> yes. And it's to me, it's so harmful to the industry as a whole, because even you take that example of the Jones Road mm. thing, it's like, you're, because you're right, you can put it on however you want. I don't care. But when it is followed by a negative feedback of the product, a Mm. scrutiny against Mm -hmm. the product, coupled with your incorrect application, not only are you, yes, misinforming your followers, how many people are going to watch that and go, oh, now I can't wear any foundation bombs. That's what all foundation bombs are going to be like. And you're harming- That's what they all look like. yeah, Yeah. You're harming Jones Road as a company. This is Bobby Brown, who was a makeup, has has done more for the The makeup community than- we mm-hmm. can give her credit for and and because you mm. want to get a couple million views with this showy application yeah. it there there's a lot of right. uh, ripple effects on that yeah yeah and i think it it's people don't have to change what they're doing but i think wording is so yes um something that you really need to consider if that was done in a way that's like does it work how I apply my foundation? Let's try it. Yes. For example, there's, there's people that are always trying powders and powder puffs online. Mm-hmm. And like, it fills in under my eye. It doesn't fill in under your eye. Just choose your wording mm-hmm. better. You yes. know what I mean? And then yes. people, maybe people won't be so angry at you. And maybe, maybe you know, we can we can say, oh no, she said this. Does it work how she does it? Yes. You know? Yes. It's just wording. It's just, I think people just need to be a little bit wiser in what they choose to put out there. Yeah. And a symptom of that for me when I started this was, and I hadn't even downloaded TikTok and I, I downloaded it and I felt like a 75 year old because I'm like, what is this? One million years old. Oh, exactly. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm going through and, and I was always of the same veil where I had a, my good camera that showed texture and, I, you know, the whole yeah. And I started doing this and then it wasn't even that it was like, okay, I need to let me make a video about this. And then the final edit would be 10 minutes. And then I'm like, oh, I need to get it down to three now down to one minute now. And I'm like, how am I supposed to teach people to, to, uh, how am I supposed to teach? I haven't said anything. I haven't said anything. Yeah. And you end up your, then your comment section, I'm trying to teach maybe women with mature skin, how to conceal and set their under eyes where it's going to look lightweight, which I could do an hour masterclass on right. in 60 seconds and right. then my comments now right. I'm spending two hours after answering questions that I answered but had I'll to cut out of the video question. because I didn't mm-hmm. have time yeah <laughs> and I've learned how to maybe get better at packing that information now into that 60 seconds. But what right. baffles me right. is the attention span getting worse and worse where I get flooded with these questions that I say to people Go mm. to my YouTube mm. where I made an entire, and they don't almost, they don't want to, right. they don't want to dive in that deep. Yes. Yeah. And it, yeah. how do you, I mean, you're so good at it on YouTube, but is that something you've experienced on Instagram, TikTok? And what are your feelings on that? A hundred percent. I still, again, like you said, when you're teaching just one subject, you can, you can go on for an hour about one thing. You can talk mm-hmm. about brows for an hour. You can talk about holding a makeup brush for an hour. You know, there's so many important things. And 
exactly like you when I posted t- a TikTok ages ago. It was question, question, question. I was like, I have 30 seconds or a minute. Like, I don't know how to fit it all in. And going from making 20 minutes to an hour long video. To, mm-hmm. to, and I was like, I can't do it. I just can't I do it. So now... I treat TikTok, I've, I think I've come to terms with the fact that I am a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. I'm not a beauty TikToker, but it's there as a, a side piece. Yes. Just in case I get any like, you know, kooky ideas, yeah. I can do it on TikTok and it, yeah. it will perform better. But again, I just, I don't, TikTok to me just feels like a constant ad for a, a product, product, product. Yes. So I find it really difficult to talk about something off value. I guess that's what it is. Totally. Um, TikTok's entertaining and it's valuable in that way. It's something, you know, you do while you're, you know, sitting on the toilet or you're just about to go to bed and you have a spare five minutes, you know? Yeah. And you scroll through TikTok or you're cleaning the kitchen. And it has value in that sense where it's like a time filler, I guess. Yeah. For me, it do- I, do- I don't find it beneficial to what? To mm-hmm. my content. Yes. Um. And like you said, it's scary that people's, um, what's it called? What is it called? Attention span. Um, attention span, thank you. Oh my God. Um, I swear, it used to be, there used to be like the 25 second rule yeah. on when you were editing a YouTube video, right? 25 seconds and something on the screen has to change. Mm-hmm. Then it was seven seconds. And now it's one second to catch someone's attention. One second. I know. Is in, is insane. I like I can't, be- I can't, cannot believe that attention span has gone down that much. And it's pretty much due to an app. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, it's insane. And I'm, you know, I do like it. I, I complain about it a lot in terms of makeup content, but I, I use it a lot. Yeah. I watch it a lot, a lot. Yeah. Even more than the attention span, it, it's deteriorated, I think, everybody to a degree that even me, I noticed a 30-year-old thing I did in my makeup videos that none of the 20-somethings would do was I would start the TikTok yes. with the the name, like text overlay of what I was doing. Then I would have the name of the product. I would right. have the price, where to buy it, what are this. And I thought I was the only one that noticed this. And I was just hanging out with a friend yesterday and she said to me, joking around, she goes, you know, some of your comments, she goes, people asking you in the comments, what's the name of it? How much does it cost? And I'm like, yeah. it's in yeah. the video, but they don't the- even have the attention. <laughs> yeah. They don't even have. They don't want to. And I'm like, what more yeah. do you want other than me driving to your house and yeah. putting it on you? There's nothing more yeah. we can do. Right. There's nothing more. No. Exactly. And I think there's a big distinction that you've spoken to that I think people need to realize, which is why even when I blew up on TikTok very, uh, early on, I always was like, I got to get this crossed over to YouTube because I knew the stability of it. And I knew the financial uh, stability of YouTube. And what people don't realize is, is a lot of your TikTokers and Instagram, uh, Instagrammers, because Mm -hmm. they're not getting paid by the app, they are reliant on Mm -hmm. these brand deals to have an income. So if they need to sell sand to a beach at all costs, they're going to do that. We don't need to do that because we have revenue from views. So our our information can have more integrity. You said in a video recently that blew my mind that because I never thought of it this way was you were saying how people, the narrative is always that people are so easily influenced by influencers. But you said brands are more influenced by influencers. And I nearly stood up on my couch and waved my sweatshirt over my head because (laughs) you're totally right. We're we're seeing these brands almost like, uh, you know, Regina George wore army pants and flip flops. So I need to go buy them now. They're they're kowtowing to these 
influencers maybe speak more to that because I think that is just such a brilliant point yeah so it was in one of my videos I I often ask like my um followers on Instagram I'm like what is your you know the unpopular popular opinions mm-hmm. on the beauty industry and this was right I asked this right at a point where everybody was very much like we don't trust influencers anymore we don't trust not that they did anyway but it, yeah. you know it's <laughs> hardcore in that moment and um one of the comments was consumers aren't as influenced by influencers as much as influencers think they are or something yes. like this. So basically I was saying that us as influencers think that our audience are really influenced by us. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I don't think that I said, I agree with you. If anyone's influenced out of anything, it's brands. Brands will latch onto every single thing <laughs> an influencer does all the time. And it's almost like that. Have you heard of the term beg friend? Mm-mm. You have a beg friend. No. So if I was like your beg friend, right? Yeah. You would post a video and I'd be like, oh my God, have you seen the video? It's so good. It's so good. Have you seen the video? Like everyone needs to watch it. Yes. And I'd be like, oh my God, I loved your video. But not to, not where it's so supportive. It's like everything you do is so like, oh my God. And these brands are so... It works for them because they're promoting somebody who's promoted something of theirs. Yeah. But they are so easily swayed, mm-hmm. whether it's someone who is most popular to someone who is most in the drama at the yes. moment. Brands will switch like this. I they know. will switch from one person to another. I think I use this situation with Michaela yeah. as an example, where I said, um, you know, a brand like Ardell, for example, who have probably sent her loads and loads and loads of lashes in the mm-hmm. past, hoping and praying that she would post something about them on her TikTok. Yeah. As soon as the mascara thing happened, they were saying, oh, it's our lashes. And yeah. in a way, bad mouthing Michaela, they were being swayed by other influencers who had something to say about it. Consumers who had something to say about it. Yeah. Brands will go wherever you need yeah. them to go. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Uh, consumers are intelligent. Yeah. Influencers are, s- I was about to say smart, but this is maybe not the best thing to say. Yeah. Influencers know what they're doing with their audience. Yes. You know? <laughs> and how to like um, pander to brands. Yeah. But brands will do whatever the influencer and then whatever the consumer wants and then whatever the influencer wants. All the time. Yeah. All the time. No, totally. I had an interview with Erin Parsons, who's a brilliant professional makeup artist, and and she Mm, she could relate to this a lot, where we were saying, you know, it's become, and you had said it in a recent video, it's become like fast fashion, where it's difficult for us, even as with the style we do as educators, if I'm going to talk about this product, if I Mm. really do like it, it's going to be gone in a month because it's the products now are being made to pander towards the cultural yeah. and social movement of it all. And right. I would die to yes. know the return on investment. I mean, it has to be a lot because these brands probably Same. make it for one cent and mark it up 200%. But I walk around right. I walk around Ulta sometimes and I look at certain displays where it was the it thing a month and a half ago. And I know- A week, yeah, or a no week. One, yeah, a week ago, <laughs> really. And I know now no one has touched it in a month where there's dust on it and I'm like no one wants it back in the day you had a launch and you were hoping that that you know your Anastasia modern renaissance palette that was a year long thing it had longevity exactly and you'd be like one day I'm gonna buy that exactly exactly this is a thing and I think that's that's a kind of culture that's come from TikTok Mm -hmm. is that constant like Influencers feel they have to buy something, or people who want to be influencers feel they have to buy something to make 
um, relevant content. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, I've bought, I've bought like powder foundations who everyone was releasing suddenly, but you know, I can, it's my job. I can tax it. I know. I know. Some people can't. But it's that buy, 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 you know? Yeah. And I I told myself in the beginning, especially because it was a very long time before I started getting PR. So I bought, I, I spent so much money having to keep up with what was happening. And I told myself yeah. recently, even yeah. if something is super, super popular and it's not sent to me, if I don't want to spend the money on it and I don't want to take the risk of it not working out and I wouldn't want my followers to take that risk either, I'm not going to buy it. It forces no. me to say, okay, open this drawer of I'm looking at 50 foundations and talk about one of them in mm-hmm. a way where from an education standpoint, right. something that maybe was too mad right. on me, exactly. how to make it work for someone that yes. is more oily how than I am. It? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But you know what as well, brands who are making these products that are viral aren't taking a lot of that into consideration. So mm-hmm. I got a message from a brand recently and they sent me a product and they were like, this is, this person's product It's going to go viral. We want you to stitch it and make something. I was like, yeah, okay, fine. And then as like a tongue in cheek joke, I was like, follow me. Because the brand, the brand didn't follow me. They weren't interested in my content. Shut <laughs> they weren't up. like, yeah, yes. and they still haven't followed me and I haven't used their product. And I just think if I ever had my own brand and I was send, I would think about who do I want to send my product to? What is their content like? Not, I'm not just going to use your product because it's going viral and I'm desperate to make a stitch about yes. it. You know, so it's even, even, even these brands are like, oh, you need to hurry up and do this. It's like, oh, where's, where's your, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't know who I am. Exactly. You don't know who I am. You just sent it to me. Yeah. You found, <laughs> you, know? you found me five seconds ago and realized the audience I had. And right. now you're trying to, you're messaging right. me saying I'm such a big fan and you yeah. don't even follow me. <laughs> yeah. We can't wait for you to stitch this. It's yeah. Like, you've never seen my content. Yeah. Really? Because you've waited 10 years since I've been on social media. Media. Like so, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. I agree with you though. I'm I'm seeing a shift towards YouTube, and especially even now with shorts being what they are, and yeah. and shorts even monetizing mm. the way they are. I think you're going to see a lot of creators switch over to YouTube. It can go one of two ways. I think either we can have people kind of have an influx back to YouTube where the long form education is valued again, or we're going to have YouTube right. shorts kind of invaded by this exact style where it waters that down and right. I'm hoping that's not the case and yeah. the funny thing was I was in it I was in a meeting with YouTube one time and someone from YouTube started asking us all we were shorts creators what would entice us to follow trends and when I tell you there was a mutiny on this Zoom call where people were like, don't yeah. you dare, because we were like, YouTube is the don't, one place yeah. that values individuality right. and thought-provoking right. deep content opposed to that quick yes. thing. Yes. And so I'm really hoping yeah. that's not the case because it's, yeah, YouTube is like a little bit of a safe haven at this point. It's scary because you see all the, like, well, every social media platform trying to replicate what TikTok is. Yeah. And that, you know, that fast pace, you know, short form content. And I think when it comes to YouTube, I, it's so strange you say that because I felt the same that, that there's a lean back towards YouTube and even more recently yeah. I felt more of a need to do old school tutorials yeah. and reviews and things like that and I don't know why I don't know if it's like in my YouTube waters I just feel you know that <laughs> yeah. I need to do you know this, yeah. this old form stuff 
I do hope that doesn't change because I don't know. I, like you said, YouTube is a, is a safe space for long form content. I know, I know. Even if it's 10 minutes, you know, it is. Yeah. And I know TikTok, you can do 10 minutes now, but who's going to do that really? Yeah. Um, YouTube is my Google, you know what I mean? I I'll know. go on there and Google yes. something. And I, I want to watch a 20 minute video about it. I want to mm-hmm. watch an hour. And then I want to see 20 other people give, give you know, the same opinion or a yeah. different opinion. Yeah. Whereas you Google something on TikTok and it's, you know, a 15 year old giving you advice. Yes. Google on TikTok. I sound so old. I so know. Like I, TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of things I've learned from YouTube and I'm talking right. how to tile a bathroom, how to refinish a table, how to work on my car because yes. like we're talking yeah. difficult, difficult things. It's really weird because in, in the UK, I don't know if it's the same way you are, but I saw a TikTok advert on TV and mm-hmm. they were, it was like a search engine. They were like typing things into TikTok, yeah. you know, putting shelves up and hugging each other and all this kind of <laughs> stuff. I was like, there's no way I'm putting a shelf up with TikTok yeah. information. Like, I know. you know, I can barely do it now. I, I, I still need a long video to put a shelf up yes. and how to get it straight. You know, there's yes. loads of different things I know. to consider in it. I know. Scary. It's scary. It really is. <laughs> you see what social media has done to everything in the world, the politics of the world and how we mm. get our information. It's, oh it's my gosh. trickling down yeah. to these ridiculous things like makeup now so people need to can't just write it off anymore because right, it, it's exactly. polluting every aspect of how we get information a hundred percent and i think that's the thing like like small things for example i um i watched a tiktok and it was like how dogs you know how dogs like curve their paw right under when they sit down yes i saw on tiktok someone's like that's really bad for your dogs and now whenever i see people uh, like my dogs do it, i'll move their arm mm-hmm. and i did it to my brother's dog and and he was like what are you doing and i was like oh that gives him a bad wrist i was like no it doesn't where did you hear that I was like, TikTok? Yeah. And then in my mind, I was like, what the fuck? Why did I just say that? Why did I take in that information for one second? I was like, facts, facts. Yeah, you know that that's the fact, absolute fact, and I have to change it for everyone. You know, it's but it's like for it for me to be conscious of. You know, I know misinformation online, but still take in small information like that. My brain's rotting. I know. I swear. I know. Just... <laughs> I said to a woman that worked at YouTube about them trying to maybe like starting to chase trends in the beginning of shorts blowing up. I said to them, I was like, you know, you guys are the established ones. Why are you, you're seniors in college. Yeah. Why are you trying to, to take yeah. advice from freshmen? Right. You've proved yourself already. Right. And I almost wish to a certain extent, yeah. like TikToks, your entertainment which I give a lot of credit because they helped a lot with my comedy and getting mm. me seen because that's mm-hmm. entertainment. But if everyone, yes. for the most part, I would like to think the general public, we want to watch the silly TV shows, the reality shows, the housewives, the, I just went to London for mm. the first time and was exposed to um, Naked Attraction. That was an experience. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That oh was, my God, I'm such a prude. I can't. Yeah. I'm the same way. Everyone, like we were dying and I'm sitting yeah. there and I'm just like, oh my God, I can't believe this oh is happening. God. Like I, the secondhand embarrassment was Sweating met. and getting ready. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I can't do this. Like, Horrible. yeah, Horrible. yeah. And, but, but yeah. I, um, you know, they want that to a certain extent, but if you only watch that, you get bored of it. People want to then go to the HBOs Mm. and watch the, the, the things that make them cry and the deep things. And I almost wish YouTube would almost start to realize this and brand themselves in a way where they started to invest in slash produce people like you and I, and, and make bigger heightened content that is 
allows people to right. really dive into education and really dive into yes, the world of it all because yeah. they could YouTube could yeah. be the HBO of social media and I wish they almost saw that opposed Absolutely. to going the other way around yeah. because you're right people are yeah. smarter than we give them credit for and I think they're really yearning for that and I don't think we need free versions of TikTok I find myself no. scrolling through things and I'll, I'll go back and I'm like oh my god I'm on Instagram I thought I was on TikTok <laughs> yes you know yeah. or, oh I'm on shorts I thought I was on TikTok yes and- <laughs> I was like, what have I, what have I been doing? I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's something else I wanted to ask you because I, I, I struggled with it, with this in the beginning of my, uh, TikTok-y social media career was I love how much you speak to, uh, professional cameras versus phones because I was so tired of the narrative when I met other Instagrammers that they all tried to act like using their phone, they were being so brave. And I'm like, girl, and maybe it's my 30 year oldness, my professional camera TikToks, I wouldn't know how to add an effect on it if you paid me because I don't get it. But I know oh, when I when yeah. I film on this camera, I could show, I mean, you can see individual hairs. You're not getting that on an iPhone and it is so yeah. easy to seamlessly, no. like that new filter that came out, the bold glam thing mm-hmm. that doesn't even show, go in front oh of your God. hand. It's almost like a weird AI yeah. thing. Yeah, it doesn't glitch. You don't yeah. know what people yeah. have on. And I love that you speak up to that because right. I can't go to the eye will yeah. Always stick to this because I feel like it's more honest. Right. I think if people have this opinion about because we have our phones, they're always on us. We're always carrying them around. Mm -hmm. That they're probably more honest and a little bit more low tech. It's just my phone. It's just what I look like. Actually, people don't consider things like upload and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, the the quality of an upload and things like that. And what lights do actually do. Even daylight. What daylight does to your skin and what artificial lights can, can make your face look like. And I think when people are like, oh, it's just filmed on my phone. It seems more genuine as opposed to a whole setup full of lights and a camera and a microphone. But actually, when you look at the quality of uploads from TikTok, it looks like I got my Nokia first ever flip phone. Wait, did Nokia do flip phones? You know, camera. And I'm like, here you go. It it looks just like that. Why not? It just looks like that. But actually, there's a reason I have four lights Mm -hmm. around me and a window just in the right place. Because I want you to see every pore and I want you to see how a product works. And I want you to see, like you said, every hair you know i want you to yeah. see when i haven't plucked my eyebrows exactly it, it's, it's more like truthful to the product yeah whereas you know you can you put anything in your face and i remember i saw this advert from it was mac you know when people put such a heavy filter on their videos that you can't see their nose yes like it's all smooth all you can see is liner and lashes they were like we oh it was their mattifying primer something like that look how amazing this looks on this person's skin Ugh. you can't see her skin I know it, w- it was a sheet of pure blurred white yeah. with two eyes yeah you can't uh, see and, face. and that's all you can see and I was like yeah yeah and I was like why is a multi-million probably billion dollar well, but maybe not billion yeah. brand posting this I know like saying this is how our product works you can't see it it really and people are like oh I love how it looks like, I know where I know <laughs> where it yeah looks? it just I'm just really surprised that we've digressed in terms of what we want in terms of honesty and visually yeah. honesty, you know? Yeah. Visually honesty? Yeah, no, totally. Everything. Integrity. Morality. Yeah. I guess I would ask because, and mm. I'll give you my answer first to give you an example, but you know, it's one thing to point out what's going <laughs> on, but as far as giving people maybe the tools to navigate it all, if you had to boil it down to a piece of advice to say to people, you know, how to maybe have more discernment 
online now, I would say you're ve uh, clearly very much this way. And I've always been this way since I was younger. I always tell people, consider the source. And I'm not talking the person yes. about you think this person lies, you think right. this person doesn't. I'm saying every aspect right. of it. If I'm watching a guy on yeah. uh, TikTok that does food videos or he's a contractor that builds furniture, I don't care if he's using his iPhone because part of that process in exchange is not me needing to see the grains of the wood or how many flurrets are on the top right. of the broccoli. I don't need that detail. Right. So right. I don't care. But if you're watching yes. a makeup artist yeah. or a skincare person that it is literally about microscopic texture, why are you watching someone film right. on their phone in a bathroom opposed right. to an HD camera? Yes. So I would say, yeah, boil it down right. to consider exactly. the source of what you're consuming, what you're consuming, who you're consuming it from, so on. What what, what, what would your advice be? The same. And yeah. I, I think it, it's fine to trust a, a one particular influencer. Like I get a lot of comments and it's like, you know, I only trust you and this one other person. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's really great. And I really appreciate it. And I love that you trust me yeah. because we're in this place at the moment where no one trusts anyone. But also go and look at 10 other people yeah. on multiple different platforms, on multiple different yes. things. Go to their website, go to like reviews, do your research. And it doesn't have to be deep, deep research. You can look at 10 people's reactions in like five minutes if you really yes. want to. Speed through it. On YouTube, you have the chapters, you know, speed through those. Just consider, like you said, the source, yeah. but all different kinds of people. You know, if, if, for example, if you're looking for somewhere to stay in a different country, you go to TripAdvisor yes. and you go to the hotel reviews and you go to, you might search on YouTube, room tour off this kind of room at this resort. Mm -hmm. You don't just take everything for face value. Yeah. And I think that goes for everything, you know, yeah. in, in terms of research and anything. It, it's really important to look deeper than, than what we're told yeah. and what the brand is selling us. And Yeah, it speaks to, I think, a big missing piece of the puzzle here. And trust me, I'm all on mm. board for the consumer's outrage. I completely agree with them. However, the thing I think, yeah. especially people we in our position are afraid to say is the responsibility does fall on the consumer. Even me, to date, I just bought the uh, Dior Forever Foundation. It was a, because her name is on, on YouTube. Her YouTube channel is hot and flashy. She's, uh, I believe, in her 50s. I love watching mature skin women uh, and men, whatever, yes. do that because you yeah. know it's, they're working with a different set of tools. Mm. She is phenomenal. I watched her whole video. Still, I'm buying a $60 foundation. I watched that same uh, foundation review on that by probably six other people to know how it is on all of them. Yeah. And we're talking 20 minutes. Yes, so I probably, yeah. I probably consumed right. an hour and 20 minutes. And this is with my knowledge of YouTube yeah. content to spend that $60. So if yeah. you're running out and spending $100 yes. because someone has a, a TikTok yeah. video gluing something to their eyebrow and you don't like it, that's on you, mama. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, you gotta have a little bit right. more discernment right. in, in that. We all do. I bought recently this YSL primer Mm -hmm. But I just saw some, I, I was so stupid. I saw one person use it. I was like, I'm going to get that. If I had just watched maybe two more videos, I would have seen that it had loads of glitter in it. And I hate glitter on me. I, me too. I have this weird, 
feeling about it. And now it's just sitting over then. I'm probably going to give it to my mum. I know. You know, and it's like, I, but if I just had like, you know, a few more seconds, I would have made it a wiser choice. I'm a fool. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited about the opportunity people like you and I have, because I think obviously it comes from our education that we can speak to all this, but we almost get to take the best mm. of the old world of YouTube and the new world of social media where I, I've been joking around because I just did a PR unboxing. YSL just sends me all 40 foundation shades. It's so wasteful to me. Why? It's so aggravated. It this is, is so wasteful. $60 yeah. a pop. I think it was, this is $2,600 worth of foundation. Back in yeah. old, old school YouTube days, that would have been such a, yeah. look at me, look at me, like yeah. the bouginess. Wow. And Every shade. Yeah. yeah so yeah, we, exactly. we really get to call this out now, call the ridiculousness of all that oldness yes. out and almost yeah. demystify the misinformation. So it's a good opportunity if you Very true. know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. dare I say, yeah. <laughs> And it's crazy to me because don't you also find it so funny when you see, even with the Michaela drama that happened with that mascara, it was so, it was mm. like clockwork to me that you had people like James Charles and Jeffree Star use it as an opportunity to just pounce right back into the ether, which was funny because of course it's all in the nature of their shtick, putting someone down mm. to build myself mm. up. It baffles right. me when I see these older YouTubers trying to jump on these TikTok-y things, like you got the audience already, you got the yeah, stability. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you saw, cause I think it's very recent. Everyone's up in arms about this new Jacqueline Hill TikTok where she put on an Embryolisse green color corrector and she puts it on okay. and reacts as though she just found out her grandmother was resurrected from the grave. Like she's never put a green, as though Jacqueline Hill, who's worked in the industry for 15 years, has never put a green color corrector on. You it, Has never, never. years. She just oh discovered what it was. That was the whole KVD Good Apple Balm Foundation. I was like, why is everybody, this was the influencer gasp. And I was like, yes. why is everybody saying like, they put it on. I'm like, you've never seen a full coverage foundation before. I know. Isn't it crazy? The things people will do to sell something. Listen, and I have to admit, I have teared up because I like to highlight at once. But that was because that highlight was really up. nice. And yeah. I, I love makeup. I and up. yeah, I was like, oh my God, it's really nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I had like tears in my eyes. I was like, I need to, I need to take a break. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that was back in the day when mm -hmm. highlighters weren't as advanced as they are now. And every yeah. highlighter looks like you want to eat it. You know, yes. this was a very. Yes. No, <laughs> Totally why I, cried I know I've been there I've, it's brought me to tears before and it's funny what exactly what you're saying about like what people will do to sell things because the root of the drama with the Jacqueline Hill thing mm. is someone commented saying well what's the name of it because she didn't say she didn't whatever and her comment was it's in my Amazon storefront mm. And she didn't say the name of it, anything. And people are like, just say it's the Embryolisse cream. Let alone the like Meryl Street performance right, of I've right, never seen this right. happen before. Now we're going to hear about Embryolisse cream for the next six years. Oh, right. Yeah. And we always see, or we all see the same thing. Like, it, you know, it'll be a week of the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. In the comments already, everyone's tagging Jeffree Star, try this. And I'm like, stop. Because guess what? Now Embryolisse is going to make $5 million on this color corrector, which because, you probably yeah, exactly, working with exactly. anyway. Stop. 
Don't right. buy it. Like, oh, go buy Elf Color Corrector for $4. I could talk to you about this forever, but I, I want to know as we wrap up, what are you excited yes. about for the new year? Is there anything happening? What What are your plans for 2023? I don't really have many plans. I, I do want to be a little bit more, I consider myself a very lazy influencer. And I think we're, we're really lucky that we do have all the time in the world to work. Mm-hmm. And we do work a lot, whether that's just sitting on our phone and looking through things. Yeah. But there are some days where I will get up and I'll film two videos. I'm like, I can't, I'm done, you know? And it's like, you've done nothing. You have done nothing. You know, I could edit those two videos in that one day. I think for, for me this year, I want to be a little bit more okay, come on now, let's, you know, this is, you can do a lot more in one day. Yeah. There are a lot more people doing a lot more in one day. You can work more. I, yeah. I recently started um, a Twitch channel mm-hmm. where I do like like um, gaming. I play The Sims and stuff like that. And I absolutely love yeah. um, that little community that's there at the moment. So I want to start doing that a little bit more. Nice. But I don't know. And one goal for me was like, uh, I think every year it's been like, I'll try and do TikTok. I'll try and do TikTok. So we'll see how that goes. It's probably going to get <laughs> shut down by the time... It- we all figure it out. So it's, it's... Oh, I keep hearing things. It's scary. Yeah. I know. Well, I was so excited to talk with you and meet you. And this did not disappoint. Now I'm realizing, especially like our age, how we came up in the industry, whatever, yes. and our views on things, <laughs> how alike we are. If we're ever in the same country, I yeah. would love to meet you, Absolutely. film together, whatever. Yeah. This was a dream. That'd be amazing. I know, right? And I can't thank you enough for coming on here because this is the well, exact conversation I needed to have. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Alongside it will be amazing guests you've had. It, it feels like a, a really privilege to oh. be on your podcast. So thank you. I appreciate oh, it. Thank you so much. My pleasure. That is it for another episode of Beautiful and Bothered with me, Johnny Ross. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Make sure to give us a little five-star review if you can. And especially subscribe to the official Beautiful and Bothered YouTube channel for weekly video episodes. And most importantly, thank you for choosing to spend this time together with me each week. I cannot tell you how much I enjoy it and appreciate it. I'll see you right here next week for a brand new episode. Wherever you are, I hope you are happy, safe, and healthy. And remember, you are beautiful.